Hey everyone, this is Brett Fish and welcome to the second episode one of Out of the Fishbowl season four. The second episode one, what does that mean? That sounds a little bit complicated, a little bit contradictory. Well, let me tell you this. I recorded an episode titled The Passion of the Fish, which was going to be episode one of season four. I'm so excited to be back doing season four and... So I recorded that episode and it just felt pretty flat. I was finished and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel like a good start to a season of podcasting. And I look back at each of my other seasons and season one, I had pineapple on pizza, which is obviously the most controversial conversation to dive into. Season two had the define line, which asked that question about can we be defined by the very worst or even the very best thing that we've ever done? And then season three started with the episode called Killing Cats, which was all about curiosity and invitation to be curious when meeting new people, when, when coming against new topics, when hearing ideas that don't resonate. And so it feels like episode one is meant to be something that, that really punches, that really grabs you. That, and, and so the passion of the fish was just feeling a little bit lame. But then as I was thinking, well, what, what can I do? What is something that is, is on everyone's minds at the moment? What's something on everyone's hearts? What is something that is gripping people? And I thought that, that just a few days ago, we had a momentous Springboks victory in the World Cup. South Africa, back-to-back victories in the Rugby World Cup. And then I woke up the next day with the news that, that my favorite friend, Matthew Perry, who played Chandler Bing in the hit series Friends, that, that, that he had died at the age of 54. And meanwhile, in the background of these two events, there's, there's this Palestine-Israel conflict that is happening where, where hectic, disgusting, torturous, violent aggression is happening and innocent people are being killed on both sides. And it's complicated and it's messy and people have opinions and are canceling people for having the other opinions. And I've got friends who are having or who have just had babies. And I've got colleagues who are attending funerals of people that they love and have lost. And, and so the question is, how, how do you hold these things? How can you celebrate a book victory while Palestine is, is being ripped to shreds while children are being killed? How do you, how do you take joy in a birth when, when, when there's also a death? And I came upon this quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald that says, The test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. And then Ella Hicks put it in a similar way, Two things can be true at once even opposing truths. And you can hold those two truths in two hands and walk forward. And I thought that's something that we can look at. And, and so as I, as I, it's not going to be as fresh or as planned or as ready as the passion of the fish. But as we look at the kind of crazy, imploding, messed up world with climate change and anti-vaxxers and wars and births and celebrations and new inventions and all this stuff happening at the same time. Is there a possibility? Is there a way that we can hold things that seem opposed, that seem to pull against each other and still in some way maintain a sense of sanity and, and good living? 
And so we are going to dive into that a little bit. And I hope there's I hope there's something for you to grasp and wrestle with and be inspired by and be challenged by and start conversations with your friends as as we look at the start of season four of Out of the Fishbowl with an episode that I've called Episode One Holding Two Things. jump into the topic of this episode, I just want to say that I'm super excited and amped about some of the conversations that I want to be having with you this season. And even though I have decided to totally disregard my plan for the first episode, I've got some exciting topics that I'm really looking to engage on you with. And I hope they'll get you thinking and challenged and excited and inspired and all that kind of thing. And if you are listening for the first time, I want to say thank you for finding me. Thank you for discovering this. But there are three seasons of Out of the Fishbowl to go and discover. And so if this is your first episode, make sure you subscribe and then go back and see what else is out there and do some catching up. There are some exciting episodes to listen to. And people have asked why Out of the Fishbowl? And so just to give you a little idea of, of the intention behind this podcast, it's the thought of swimming against the current about breaking out of the boxes that we've been forced or conditioned into. It's this idea of asking bigger and better questions about how the world can be a better place for everyone in it, not to just live or survive or exist, but to thrive. The idea that there is enough in the world, there's enough for our need, but maybe not for our greed. And so the purpose of Out of the Fishbowl is, is to always start in front of the mirror. What do I need to change? Where, where do I need to learn? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to be listening? And, and then after that, to move outwards. How can I change and inform and encourage the people around me? What needs to be cheered on? What needs to be brought down? What needs to be unlearned? And so I want to say thanks for listening. I am looking forward to the season. If you enjoy an episode that you hear, please share it with people. Please tell other people to take a listen. Go back to your favorite episodes and get your friends and family to go and listen to them. And let's get more ears on this stuff. If the stuff is helpful or good, let's keep spreading it. Ram Dis had this to say on today's topic. Ram Das. Across the planes of consciousness, we have to live with the paradox that opposite things can be simultaneously true. And so how do we how do we hold two things? How do we sit with joy and and anger and pain and chaos all at the same time? How do we how do we do that? And how do we manage to to keep going? How do we manage to live well when things can seem so chaotic? And I, I just want to share a number of thoughts that I've I've put down as, as we look at this topic, I thought of the idea of context that often matters. Something can be, or two things can be true at the same time. If you think of somebody writing the number six in the sand on the beach, and if you have a person standing on, on one side of it, then they will see a six. And if you have somebody standing on the other side of it, they will see a nine. Is it a six? Is it a nine? It depends on the context. It is a six. It is a nine. Depends which side you're standing on. We think of that picture that we've all seen of the rabbit or the duck. And if you look at it a certain way, you can see a rabbit. If you tilt your eyes another way, you can see a duck. Is it a rabbit? Is it a duck? Both are true at the same time. And yet you can only kind of focus on one thing. We had that huge internet sensation a number of years ago. Is it a blue dress? Is it a black dress? And different people saw different things from the same picture. 
There's illusions that make us think certain things. There's, there's ways that our minds have been programmed. There's suggestion. And often context is helpful. But the big question that, 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 that really has been gripping me, and it, it, it was on Twitter earlier today where, where somebody was saying, okay, Matthew Perry has died, we're all very sad, but there are still children in, in Palestine whose lives are being ripped apart. And, and that was really jarring for me because it was almost like that bad thing doesn't count because this bad thing needs center stage. And, and actually both things can be bad and both things can make us feel and both things can require a response from us at the same time. And often in the complexity of life, we are dealing with a number of things at the same time. Our lives aren't generally all happy or all sad. I've spoken about how over the last three years my marriage ended and last year the divorce came through. And so the framework of most of my life at the moment while I'm still healing and hopefully getting sorted and hopefully moving towards the light at the end of the tunnel is this idea that, that I'm living in the space of, of my marriage having ended, having collapsed, having not worked out the way I was planned. And so that is a very sad thing devastating thing confusing thing but at the same time while that is all true I'm able to celebrate my best friend who's about to have a baby my sister-in-law who's just had a baby my sister who's just won this amazing race or this thing that's been made or created or done or we are able to somehow hold things that seem contradictory or seem that we can't hold them at the same time we have to find ways because they're going to be prevalent at the same time and it made me think of this one story from the Bible. As you know, I'm a follower of Jesus and so informed by stories of the Bible. And there's a story where Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, is in jail. And there's this miraculous story. An angel pitches up and the chains come off his hands and the gates are opened. And, and Peter is released from prison. And he goes to the house where the people are praying for him to be released and he knocks on the door and the woman who opens the door slams it in his face because she doesn't recognize him or she's, <laughs> she's not expecting the prayers to be answered or whatever. But, but for me, it was always this, this idea of, of what happened at church on Sunday. And I know that they didn't do church on Sunday. So what happened at synagogue on Saturday or whenever it was? So the story of Peter's miraculous escape can be found in the book of Acts, chapter 12. And the title is Peter's Miraculous Escape from Prison. And yet, if you go look at the beginning of that chapter that talks about this amazing story of this miracle that happened for Peter to escape, it says this. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, int intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And so I've always wondered about that story, about the gathering of, of Christians or the, the followers of Jesus. And, and they're all celebrating this amazing miracle that has happened. Peter's been freed from jail. He should have died and, and he's okay and everything. And you look there in the corner, you see James's mom, another disciple of Jesus. And she's just sitting there quietly mourning, crying, weeping. And, and you start to wonder about this early church in that moment. Because at the same time, the God that had done this huge great miracle that had set Peter free was the same God that had allowed James to die in a very gruesome way. 
And so is it possible as, as the church in that context to, to be able to celebrate what happened with Peter and to be able to mourn what happened to James and at the same time be questioning God in that space? Like this is the God we believe in. How, how, do, how come God does this with the one person but doesn't do it with the other person? And that's what a lot of us wrestle with. And it's good to ask those kind of questions. But I'm sure James's mom was super happy and elated and delighted that Peter had been rescued. While being totally crushed and devastated and sad and full of grief because her son had died. Two things can seem contradictory but be true at the same time. And so context is, is often really important. I think of the news of a new baby being announced but but that might be really painful for somebody who has been struggling for a number of years to conceive a child you've got really good news but but really bad news or really painful news i think for me at the moment reading people's anniversary announcements is or has become a lot harder than when i was married and i had my own anniversary announcements coming up but i want to celebrate i want to celebrate the marriages of my friends. I want to celebrate that they're going on, that they're strong, that they're growing, that they are exciting. But at the same time, I am going to be a little bit sad because I don't have that happening and I don't have that to look forward to and somehow mine didn't turn out the way I thought it would. And so context is often important. I think it's important to acknowledge to give focus, to give attention. So when you've got something happening in, in Israel, Palestine, Gaza, on the other side of the world, I can't practically do a lot of stuff that is going to affect it. But I can highlight the stories. I can highlight the injustice. I can call for sanity. I can call for a ceasefire. I can highlight the lives of people of innocence that are being killed, regardless of which side they're on. And so there's, there's a space for us to be able to acknowledge, to be able to focus, to, to be able to give attention to things that are serious that we can't necessarily specifically have an impact on. And at the same time, even as far as those kind of things are concerned, I think there's, there's time for grace that, that we can't all care as much about all of the things. And so often if, if you are raising the Palestine-Israel stuff. Then somebody will say, oh, what about what's been happening in the Congo? What's been happening in, in Sudan? And then people get, get offended and get angry at you because you mentioned this one thing and you didn't mention all these other things. And we can't all care equally as much about all the travesties and injustices and hectic things that are going on all the time. And so I think there is a thing about finding spaces to acknowledge and focus and draw attention to things. But, but we also need to be a bit gracious to people around us. If you think of somebody that has, has just lost a child, then the expectation for them to be as involved in whatever happening is, is happening around at the moment, an anti-racism thing or lifting up woman thing or whatever it is, there's, there's some grace needed to, to give them a space to, to just mourn what they're facing with at the moment. And I think the one thing that comes out of this more than anything else is just the complexity of life, that life is com complicated and hard and difficult and it's seldom as, as black and white as we would like it to be. 
those side of the goodies and those side of the baddies, when often there's politics and greed and history and religion and culture and things that go back for decades and centuries and and it is messy and complicated. And in that situation, the best that we can often do is to read and to listen to stories of people that are in the situation and to try educate ourselves so that we can at least become a little bit more knowledgeable of the issues, that we can at least understand a little bit of what's going on. So for me, a couple of years ago, I tried to educate myself a little bit better on the Israel-Palestine thing before this latest chaos came about. And so I read three books of people from different perspectives that were living in the region. One was a novel. Other books were books speaking to it. And so just in an attempt, I'm definitely not an expert, and I definitely don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on there. But, but at least let me try to understand it a little bit better. The race stuff in South Africa, I'm living here. It is key to everything that goes on here. At least let me be reading things like How Can Man Die Better? The story of Robert Sabuque. I write what I like. Steve Biko, other newer things that are being written by younger leaders. Let me try and understand the political beliefs of other parties instead of just purely dismissing them. Let me understand who they're about and what they're for. And so... I think that's the essence of what I want to say, that that these things are complicated. These things are tricky. Sometimes in life, you're holding things that are so big, they just want to break you and crush you, and you just want to hide away and never come out again. But at the same time, there's a celebration. There's a birth. There's an achievement. There's a sports victory. There's something that just makes you want to be happy, just makes you want to celebrate and jump and scream and shout. And just for a moment be able to lean into that. And I think it's possible to somehow find ways to do both of these at the same time. And I think my advice when when everything just feels so overwhelming is to do one thing that you can do to make the world better or to make the life of someone you know a little bit better. Maybe it's a voice note. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's sending a couple on a date night. Maybe it's offering to babysit for a couple of a new child so that they can go out and just have some time and, and find their lives again. Or maybe even a stranger. Maybe it's paying the groceries of the person ahead of you at the toll. Maybe it's paying for the ticket of the person trying to get out of parking in front of you. But do something right now that you can do. Do something that is in front of you. Do something that is possible to do that makes the world one bit better. Get involved in volunteering in an organization that changes the lives of people. Get involved in donating regularly to an organization that is doing good work. There's so much stuff. But, but while the big things are important and we need to try and understand and figure them out and, and, and do what we can with them, at least let's be doing the things that we can do. And I want to encourage you as as this episode ends to do something right now. Maybe it's just a voice note to a friend. Maybe it's an encouragement. Maybe it's sending something that you know will lift someone. But do it right now. Don't wait. Don't put it off. And as you continue through life, you'll find that we are going to be holding these two things together. And let's remember the words of of Ella Hicks, two things can be true at once, even opposing truths. And you can hold those two truths in two hands and walk forward. Let's keep walking forward. Let's find ways in community of holding the hands of those that are really struggling, even while we're celebrating and being able to find people that will do the same for us when things are tough. The world is not an easy place to live in right now. 
but we have the means to make it a little bit easier. In our space, in our community, in our family, in our friend group, in our society, we can make it a bit easier and a bit better. We can cut down some of those contradictions. We can, we can stand up and protest when necessary. We need to get involved. We need to actively be part of the change we want to see around us. And so I hope, I hope that's given you something to think about. I hope, I hope that we will, we will just pause a little bit more and slow down a little bit before we start judging people around us, before we get hectic on people that aren't as concerned about the things that we are concerned about, before we, before we rush in and judge and dismiss and all that kind of thing and, and just, be, just try to listen and try to, try to wonder, try to be curious about what else might be going on. And let's be more sensitive to the people around us. But let's not sit on the back foot and do nothing. Let's continue to do little things with great love. And hopefully those will grow into greater things that will change the world around us. This has been Out of the Fishbowl. I'm Brett Anderson. Keep listening. Share this with other people you know that might need to hear it right now. Please subscribe. And, and let's continue to, to do our little bit to jump out of that fishbowl and... To find a current that feels good and healthy and full of justice and full of love and help sweep other people up in that. Thank you.